well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name's Cam Edwards. Thanks for being with us on the program today. We've got a, uh, I gotta tell you, we've got a really powerful interview coming up here in just a couple of minutes. Cynthia Norman is gonna be with us. If that name sounds familiar to you, uh, it's because we talked about Cynthia's story, I guess it was last week on the program. Cynthia was a driver for Lyft in Cleveland, Ohio, until she was attacked by two men that she was giving a ride to, and she defended herself with her legally owned, lawfully carried firearm. Cynthia is alive today because of that. She lost her job because of that as well. Uber and Lyft both have policies that prohibit drivers from, and and passengers too, but prohibit drivers from being legally armed while they are working for the ride share companies. Again, we're going to talk about Cynthia Norman here in just a second, but this is a growing problem. I want you to take a look at this headline. This is uh, from earlier today, CWB Chicago, which is a, a great website that focuses on uh, crime in the Windy City. Four more rideshare drivers carjacked yesterday as Uber and Lyft remain silent. Four rideshare drivers carjacked on Wednesday after picking up passengers and delivering them to destinations across Chicago. Now the Chicago Police Department again warning against hijackers who are luring Uber and Lyft drivers into armed robberies via the company's apps. Again, This is happening on a daily basis. Carjackings in Chicago right now are up more than 100% over the same time period last year. Same in Cleveland, Ohio. Same in a lot of other cities. These are crimes of opportunities. And Lyft and Uber are giving these criminals the opportunity to commit armed robberies because they know that the drivers of those vehicles are supposed to be unarmed. As CWB Chicago uh, writes... Uh, one of these uh, incidents in Chicago on Wednesday, 64-year-old rideshare driver picked up four passengers. It was about 7.45 Wednesday evening, drove them to their destination. When they arrived, the passengers, again, four of them, forced the man out of his Toyota, drove away with the vehicle. Another rideshare driver carjacked on the same block around 2.15 in the morning on Saturday. Two other rideshare and uh, taxi hijackings were reported Wednesday evening as well. Uh, and according to CWB Chicago, uh, separate from the pattern, another fourth rideshare driver also carjacked on Wednesday. 32-year-old driver told police he picked up two men, uh, drove them to the uh, South Shore neighborhood around 1.15 in the morning. When he stopped to drop them off, one of the passengers ordered him out of his 2013 Toyota Camry at gunpoint. They also took his wallet. As CWB Chicago writes, neither Lyft nor Uber has responded to multiple inquiries from CWB Chicago seeking comments about the crime pattern and what their drivers can do to keep themselves safe. Outside of Chicago, we also saw the murder of an Uber driver uh, just a few days ago in Dallas, Texas. He picked up his passenger, took him to where he was supposed to go. Passenger then pulled out a knife, ordered the driver to put a scarf around his face. When he did so, the passenger then began stabbing him. The driver fought back. He was pushed out of the vehicle. Passenger got in the driver's seat, ended up running over the Uber driver multiple times, killing him. This has to stop. And it is absolutely unconscionable for these companies to tell these rideshare drivers, listen, uh, you can earn a couple of bucks, but you're going to put your life at risk every time you do so. And we would rather you be violently assaulted. We would rather you be the victim of a crime than be able to protect yourself while you're working for us. It has to stop. And I am hopeful 
that uh, Uber and Lyft executives listen to this interview with Cynthia Norman. They listen to what happened to her and they change these policies immediately. Because as long as these drivers are required to be unarmed, Uber and Lyft are telling everybody who works for them as contractors that the profits that this company makes is more important than the people who are working for these companies. Cynthia, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you coming on the program to talk with us today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, first of all, I just have to ask, how are you doing? Um, I mean, obviously, what you went through was incredibly traumatic. Uh, and and then to you know have Lyft tell you that uh, you're no longer allowed to drive to them sort of adds insult to injury. But But how are you doing right now? I'm actually fine today. I Good. Had a doctor's appointment yesterday for my eye. It's not red anymore. It just has a little black around the eye itself. But otherwise, I'm actually fine. Well, I know that I'm really glad to hear that. I know our audience is too. Um, can you can you talk about what happened to you that night? How long had you been driving for Lyft before you were attacked? I've been driving with them for almost two and a half years. Had you ever had any incident like like what happened before? Had you ever had any passengers that, that made you feel concerned or unsafe? Yes. <laughs> this is my second time being attacked. This is your second time. The mm -hmm. first the first time that you were attacked, did you have your firearm with you or were you unarmed at that point? I have my firearm with me. It's just that the first attacking wasn't really that severe as this one. Okay. So you did not need to to use your firearm. No, I just politely pulled over and snatched her out and just started kicking her behind. <laughs> but this this was different. Um, this wasn't just one individual. You you had multiple individuals who were attacking you. So can you talk about that that ride when you picked up these two guys? Uh, what what happened? Well, I was over on 185th, which is kind of like a rough part of Cleveland. Slightly okay if you're going towards Lakeshore, but going towards the street Euclid, it's kind of bad because going on 185th, it turns into Nottingham. And over on Nottingham, a lot of people don't like going over there because of the crime. Like, for instance, people get their cars jacked or there's always a shoot because it's a bar on the street. And it's another bar on St. Clair that's a little rough that a lot of people don't go to. Me thinking, okay, it's a neighborhood with predominantly black and white people. We shouldn't have a problem. So when I went over there, I, I, I got this request from a apartment complex on Nottingham, which I've been to the complex quite more than one time, maybe lots of times, and I've never had a problem. So when I pick up these two, like for one, it's during the pandemic, and two, they're masked up. You can't see nothing but their eyes. And so when I pulled up, I already had text of the user, which was NBA, Hey, it's me, it's Cynthia. I know the app is telling you you should be looking for a Chevy Impala. I'm not in the Chevy Impala. I'm in this white Equinox. 
And you should see me. I have a Michigan display tag on the back of it. So I'm assuming that the person, he read the message and knew it was me because when the kids came out, they got in the car. Nothing was wrong. It's just one of them. No, you're not supposed to sit up front. My purse is sitting literally in the passenger seat. So no one knows that you can't sit up front. The guy just, he just kept on insisting. It's, it's called, um, I want to sit up front. You, it's, This is a nice truck and it's warm and I want to sit up here with you. It's cold. So I politely just picked my purse up. I put it on my lap. And now the whole time, the, the app is telling you which way you need to turn to go to the next destination. So at this time, this is where I'm assuming that it's going to go bad because it's a four minute trip and you could have walked up the street to this end plant, this NEO plant. But I, I didn't, I didn't say nothing. I just politely got quiet and just kept watching the individuals in the car. Like you can see them out the rear view mirror and you can see this one real good. The one in the back, he, he hands him a knife like here. I see the knife go over the seat. I ain't say nothing. I go, okay, we, we about to get my CL. And the one that's in the passenger seat, he's looking around like he's looking to see if his keys, is it a phone he can steal? Like he's like pacing the place in the car. And so when we got around the corner and I got up on the stop sign and I started going into the plant and started getting dark, like there's no lights, nothing. So I pulled to the door and I politely said to the both of them, is this where y'all need to be? Here it is. Basically in my, in my head, get, get the hell out of the car. But they didn't get out the car. The one in the passenger seat just turned and the one behind me, he grabs me and says, this is a carjacking bitch. Oh. I said, oh, okay. This is my brain. Like, oh, okay. This was going to be all right. So when the one in the passenger seat hit me in my face, the car is not, it doesn't have OnStar. Had I been in my regular car, it has OnStar. So what I did, I had to think fast enough to throw this one off that's hitting me and the one behind me that's choking me. So I just pushed the button on the car. So the car starts talking. It's like OnStar is not active on this car. If you need help, please try again. And this study just saying crazy. <laughs> now, at the time as the car is saying this, the one that's behind me is choking me. Now, the one that's in this passenger seat, he leaves the door open and he walks around the car to come and pull my door open. But in the midst of me getting choked, I just pushed the lock and locked the door. He He's mad. He was like, Bitch, you getting out this car? And I'm I'm like, yeah, okay. So he walked back around. He walks back. He hits me in my face. While this one is still around my neck and I'm clawing at him. And when he got back out to walk back around to the side of the car, I just punched the lock again and locked the door. So now he's irate. He's mad. He, mm -hmm. got the car. he walked back around to the car, takes the phone. Bitch, I'm taking this phone. I said, you go right on here, boo. You take that phone. So he punches me again. Only this time when he walked back around to the side of that car, I locked that door again. And I lift up that arm. I, I held on to the armrest at first because I thought he was going to run back and see something. So when he came back to hit me the last time, 
and go back around the side of this car to this door and I hit the locks again. I just lift up that armrest and pulled out my nine and just start shooting. And I aim right at the door that's open. And the one behind me, he starts screaming, oh my gosh, she got a gun. And he just opens the door. He tries to break out the car. And I hit the locks again. I'm still trying to get this one right here, the one that took the phone. And when he he finally got that door open, he broke out. When I say he broke out of this car, he broke out of this car. So I just started letting our rounds. Start going in that direction while they was running. Just bah, just letting them off. I said, I thought y'all want the car. Come back. I'm here. You can have it. <laughs> they didn't want it. They just started running. They was gone by then. So now that the glass is, is broken and I can't see how to drive, mm-hmm. I didn't know I was in Euclid. I didn't know Euclid started right here until the police showed it to me. I just started fishing in that purse. Remember the purse that was on the passenger seat? They ain't want that. And start looking for my sunglasses and looking at the ground on how to get out so I could see like the drawings on the ground, because you know when you drive, it's a line on the ground. Mm-hmm. Driving to the police station with no corrective lenses, just rolling, trying to get to them fast. Running lights, stop signs, everything, hoping that maybe a cop car see this truck moving real fast and want to pull it over. So I can go ahead and tell them, I've just been attacked, this happened, that happened. I need you to come on back. Let's go find out if these idiots got hit. Is is we going to find them or what? But instead, I got all the way to the 5th District Police. It's a sign that say right there, 152. No turn on red. I just turned right on red, turned right up in they lot. I left the gun there, locked the doors, and walked right up in they station and just started yelling and screaming until they came out from in the back. And so far, these guys haven't been arrested. They haven't been found, right? Not that I know of. Yeah. So when did... um... When when did Lyft get involved in this? Okay, so after I got to the police station, um, the police, they called an ambulance because at the time my eye was red and it was really, really like hard for me to really see out of it. Mm-hmm. Like, well, why don't you, the officer said, well, why don't you get checked out? And where is the firearm? So I tell her the firearm is in the car. My teacher told us never to bring it in the building where you guys are. So in order for you to get to this firearm, I told, I pulled the keys out of my pocket and I said, here you go. You can go in there. It's laying right on the seat. You can't miss it. So the ambulance came. I got on the back of the ambulance. I went to the hospital. When I got to the hospital, there's a lot of people talking to me. The registration, the nurse, the doctor, they want to know what happened. So I tell them. and. The police, they came to Euclid Hospital of Cleveland Clinic. So when they got there, they talked to me the whole time while the people were treating me to find out what all happened, just like I'm telling you what happened. And so they tell me, like, well, we put your gun in a bag. Soon as the crime truck comes, we're going to process the scene. And since your firearm is registered to you and you were in your rights to protect yourself we're going to give you your gun back but not until after we finish finding out what went wrong so now the hospital did all they was going to do and they gave me some medicine and they gave me my discharge papers so the police put me in the car we went right 
back to the scene. We went right back on 185th and Nottingham. So he says, okay, so which way did you go? So I'm telling him, when I came out of here, I made a left. I said I had to go over some railroad tracks. And then it's a street called Roseland, and you turn to the right. So the police, she pulled, she drives down the street. She gets to the sign. She looks up. She says, look, see that sign? It says Euclid welcomes you. This is the borderline I was telling you that our jurisdiction really doesn't help, but we're going to help you anyway because the apartment is in Cleveland. So keep telling me which way to go. So I'm going. So she's like, maybe we should tell Euclid to get involved. So I was like, that would be helpful. So we get to the plant. They go to the plant. They look. They they got flashlights off. We start looking on the ground. They see all my cases and just start picking them up. They was like, one, two, three. She said, damn, how many did you let off? So I tell her, she's picking them up. And she was like, oh, well, I know where your phone is. The lady goes over. She points the flashlight. And right there, it's a phone, a pool of spit, and some blood. So they had, they picked my phone up, like, here you go. And they hand it to me. And she was like, well, one of them could have got hit. Because it's blood right here. Hmm. So I said, well, I hope I did hit one. So she was like, well, she was like, well, get back in the car because we don't want nothing to happen. So I get back in the car. We all get in the car. So she was like, we're going to go back to the to the district and we're going to finish up our paperwork, but we're going to have the other people come out and process the scene, which is they come out and see whose blood it is and what happened and stuff. Mm-hmm. So as we're riding back to the station, the trip that I'm still on, this is three hours later. Yeah. It still says NBA. I ain't even in the trip. And the person behind him, they live in Lakewood. I done picked them up before. I never went and picked them up. I just declined to ride in their trip. And then when I end the trip, I hit the safety toolkit. And if you're not familiar with the safety toolkit, this is where you take your phone out mm-hmm. and you inform Lyft. Hey, me and this rider had a problem. Can you send me help? But like I told people in the news, if you don't have the phone, like I didn't in the beginning when they first started fighting me and the guy took the phone, mm-hmm. how are you able to access this safety toolkit? And not everyone is able to afford OnStar on any of their cars. Yeah. So I still panic it. And I'm the lady, she picks, she calls the phone. I, I pick it up and I'm talking to her. And as I'm talking to her, I see in the phone, my husband done called. The 415 is them. They're sending text messages talking about, if this passenger has stepped out your car, can you please tap in trip so we know that this passenger is not in the car anymore? And they done called. It's a bunch of missed phone calls. So I'm telling the lady, I said, yeah, I had a problem with the passenger. She was like, do you need the police, the fire, or the ambulance? I said, well, you're a little late on the police. I'm, I'm in the car with him. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> you're in the car with him. I, I said, yeah, I'm in the car. I said, but can you please let them know that we had a problem with this trip right here. This is why I'm in the car with the police. And she said, well, I'm only supposed to send you fire, police, or ambulance. But since you're in the car with the police, I will do my best and let them know. And she hungs up. Next day, now I got Lyft calling. Lyft gets on the phone. 
hey, how you doing? I'm Steve from Liv. I want to know what happened. So I tell them the same story I'm telling you about. I picked these people up. Y'all told us not to let them sit up front. Unfortunately, one just told me he 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 cold. He's sitting up front anyway. Mm-hmm. And I tell them the whole story about what happened. And the guy was like, are you serious? I'm like, yes. So he's like, well, what happened? So when I tell him, like, well, I finally got to my firearm and started shooting at them. He was like, whoa, 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 I thank you for your honesty, but there are no firearms on the platform. So I said nicely to the man on the phone, I said, no offense. I understand there's no firearms on the platform, but what was I supposed to do if they're punching me in my face? I can't access the toolkit. Mm-hmm. What was I supposed to do while the man's choking? I was supposed to just die and leave my my son motherless. Leave my husband wifeless. We're not about to do that. I'm sorry. So he was like, well, I'm sorry. We have to deactivate your account. I said, well, you do what you need to do, and I'm going to do what I need to do. I could care less about deactivation. I said, what you need to do is tell Cleveland police and Euclid who the hell is linked to this NBA account, credit card. Yeah. There is credit card information, and they address and everything is attached to it. It would be real helpful so they could find out who did it. Absolutely. Uh, Well, we'll be in touch. I said, all right. He said, well, you have a nice day, and I'm sorry this happened to you. I said, you as well, and I hung up. Do you know, have they, uh, have the police told you, has Lyft provided them with any information about the uh, the guy who used his account to, to hail you that night? Now, that part, I don't know because no one has talked to me. Okay. The only person that has been emailing me is Liv. They've been sending me a lot of emails. The first email was, hey, um, I'm sorry we had to deactivate your account type of mess, the first one. Mm-hmm. So we're to do everything in our power to find out. If you happen to come up with the um, police report number, can you please send it to us? At this point, I'm like, I don't know if I want to send you the report. Is you going to help them or what? Right. So the next day, I got another email from Liz. And they're like, well, we know it's a Detective Paluzzi that's on your case. So as soon as he touch, you touch bases with him and we touch bases with him, we'll let you know the end results of this whole fiasco. Now, mind you, Detective Pelosi, if you know anything about Cleveland, Cleveland is a little overworked and they got a lot of things going on. They got a lot of ground to cover. They barely have time to really sit down and look at their cases. Not that Cleveland ain't no good because Cleveland do find some stuff. I ain't going to dog them. But at this time, I'm hoping you to went on and you got everything. But since the man didn't come in contact with me, that further lets me know that Y'all went back to the scene because the next day the news showed them sitting at the scene with the little crime truck, going over the scene looking for more casings. If I left, if it's more than six shots that was left out the gun, mm-hmm. one hole seventeen, and the lady counted six gone. <laughs> She's like, six of them are gone. I know six of them are gone because it's seventeen shots, and they're. They show you on the news where they over there processing the scene. 
and then they doesn't show you they don't show you the bad part because that part you can't let you can't let them know that right you just make them leave that no one was hurt I didn't nothing happened to me I got treated I was turned away and I was told never to tell the end stage of did anyone get hit or did you get the phone back or what so as far as anything like I said lifting emailing for the first few days of the incident telling me about they tried to get in touch with this man. They didn't get in touch with uh, Detective Faluzzi. I left Doc- Detective Faluzzi a message yesterday, and he didn't even call me back. Not that he won't call me back. Yeah. But eventually, they're going to call me back because they're going to have everything they need. <laughs> right. Absolutely. So I, I just be patient, and I just wait. But in the meantime of me waiting... Let's not forget now, I was the one that got attacked. A few, I'm going to say two days after this, I'm going to say maybe three. There's another newspaper article, and the lady has been attacked. And literally, she's in Garfield Heights. And she didn't have no gun. She didn't even want to be identified. And she's on camera crying. They took her car, they wrecked it. It's not drivable. And she's saying the same thing I'm saying. These people I picked up was in their 20s. They can't be no more than in their 20s. They young folk. Only difference with her versus me is she has four of them in her car. And one did sit up front. They just insist they have to sit up front for what reason? So in this instance, they did the same thing they did to her, to me. They chased out her car and beat her up. She suffered a concussion. And she didn't want to be identified and she didn't want to talk to nobody too much but the news. And then there's another incident. Somebody walked up to a lady on West 130th. Difference with her is they told her to get out the car with a firearm in her face. She just maced them and just drove right off and left his ass standing there grabbing his face. So carjackings here are very, 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 very irate here. Yeah. So it's, I mean, every day so far has been an incident for something, for something, for someone about a carjack. You know, so if you don't mind me asking, how long have you been a gun owner? Um, when did you decide to, uh, to, to, to purchase and carry a gun for self-defense? I had a boyfriend previously before my relationship with my husband. Mm-hmm. And he did some hurtful things. And one of the hurtful things was he he carried a lot of guns. And I just felt like, well, maybe since he's carrying all these guns, maybe I should get me one. But I had to first leave him. Yeah. The last straw was when he broke the door. And when I finally seen what type of person he was when he got really, really drunk, I said, oh, no, I'm, 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 I'm going to get me one. That, that did it right there. Because he could get drunk and kill me or anything. So I ended up, I got a restraining order, and I found a gun class from a friend of mine who said, well, my friend from high school, he do it. And this is the same man I went to class with, who's also on the Channel 5 News, because they, a, a, they did a segment on his, his business, which is Time to Conceal. So I looked Time to Conceal up, and... I'd seen that he had a class called Ladies Night. So I went to Ladies Night. 
and that was a year. <laughs> that, it's about to be almost two years ago now. So I went to ladies' night and sat there for eight hours learning the ins and outs of a gun and listening to the NRA videos. And mm-hmm. when class was over with, he showed us how to cock the gun, uncock it if it was the one with the hammer. And like we went, finally he takes us to the range and he shows us how to use them. And I told him, I said, I bet you I'll be the first one. Soon as I get my gun, I'm going to probably make the news. The man laughed. And, <laughs> you know, he's like, no, Cynthia, we're not going to make the news, baby. We're going we're gonna to pray that you never make the news. But in the meantime, he's like, hold your certificate up. So I hold it up. I'm taking my picture. And I'm going to say like a week later, I went to the gun store. And I seen all these guns. And I thought about all the guns I shot at the range. And I said, ooh, I want this. The man in the store tells me. And some of the passengers that I had between this time period who are gun owners. Mm-hmm. One guy that I picked up off the west side of Cleveland, he said, look, if you ever get one, get you some hard names. I said, what's them? He tells me. They say critical defense on the box. He said, if you shoot those. I'm telling you right now, they'll never mess with you again. I swear, I promise you. These are 100% shots. He was like, he was like, they full metal jackets, but they slightly look like hollow points, but they not hollow points. But they real, real, they burn. If you get shot with them, they burn. So not only did the passenger tell me at a job that I work at where sheriff is around, mm-hmm. the same thing, like, hey, Get you some hard names. I'm telling you, don't those the bullets, girl. Go get them. And then the one officer said, "Yeah, and get you some brass, even though you ain't really familiar. Get those too." So I went that week and I bought me a gun. After I did all the paperwork and the man told me how to store it and how to care for it and take it apart and clean it and everything, I, I was all pumped for the gun. So when I bought it, I took it out the store. I went home and I told my husband, "I got me a gun." He went, "Oh boy." <laughs> well, I got to tell you, Cynthia, I'm 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 really ticked off at Lyft uh, and at Uber. I, I have written about their policies for a number of years. I think they absolutely put drivers at risk. Um, I think it puts the bottom line above human life. And and I'm sorry that uh, that you're not able to drive for them anymore. But I am so grateful uh, that you got a gun a couple of years ago that you went through the train and you got your concealed carry license and that you were able to protect yourself because nobody should have to go through what you went through without being able to defend themselves. Not at all. And I tell people on the news, that was my very thing I said on the news. What are you supposed to do if you don't have anything? Like what if you didn't have a bat or a taser or pepper spray for God forbid? anything the crooks got a one up on you and you telling the crooks already it's in your disclosure they know before they even sign up hey riders drivers are not allowed to carry these in their policy which is fine but you got to remember this is my personal car right (laughs) yeah my personal car Exactly. Well, especially when, you know, you can decide for yourself when you want to drive or not, you can be driving down the road in your personal car to say, all right, I want to get a fare real quick. And then five minutes later, ah, nah, never mind. The, the idea that you would be uh, uh, told to disarm yourself while you're driving them again, it's to me, it's, 
it's absolutely uh, uh, ludicrous. Um, but listen, I, I want to stay in touch with you and I want to stay in contact with you because I, I want to follow your case. I know that uh, hopefully the police are still going to be able to uh, develop some leads here. Um, but do you have any any advice for for folks who are you know driving for these rideshare companies? I know that after I wrote this story, I saw this is how you and I actually connected. I saw your comment because somebody who had read my story said, I, I just deleted my app. I'm not going to drive for them anymore. Um, what would you tell these these other drivers, folks in your situation, who who again are being told by Uber and Lyft, if you're working for us, you've got to be unarmed? I tell them all the time. I understand they tell you not to arm yourself. I think you should because right now we are in a pandemic. A lot of people is upset because they're not getting unemployment, or they upset because let's see, I don't know, they lost their job maybe. And all they do, they getting in your car, taking their successors out on you. And I don't think that's fair. And I tell every driver, even the ones I know that that are sheriffs, the sheriffs that I, that I be around, they carry their gun regardless. They, mm-hmm. When they get out of work, if they want to turn into a Lyft, they can turn into a Lyft if they like or Uber. And they carry their gun. They don't say too much to them. It's just the fact that I feel like I was targeted because I'm a woman and they thought because I'm a woman, oh, this woman ain't going to do nothing to us. They don't try me in too much. I've only seen one article so far lately where a guy got stabbed and I think that's on Twitter. I'm not sure. That's the only guy I know of. The rest of the people that got targeted are women. Yeah. So I tell people, even if they're men or women, I I don't know about you, but if I were you, I will arm myself and I will put things in my car. So if, if you come down, even if you're not a lift or you come down to a situation where they are attacking you, you got something to get at them with. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, at the end of the day, I would rather lose my job than lose my life. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. Cynthia Norman. Listen, I, I cannot thank you enough for, for talking with us today. Um, I wish that I could reach the computer and just give you a big hug. But uh, uh, I hope one day I get a chance to meet you in person. We are going to continue to stay in touch. But again, on behalf of our audience, we're glad that you're here. Uh, and, and I wish Lyft would do the right thing. But if they won't, I'm glad that you did and you protected yourself. Thank you. I cannot thank Cynthia Norman enough for coming on the program and sharing her story. And we are going to continue to follow her case uh, in the weeks ahead. We are also going to continue to follow this issue because it impacts far more uh, individuals than just Cynthia. Now, because that interview ran a little bit long, we're going to skip our uh, good deed of the day, our uh, armed citizen story, our recidivist report. I mean, Cynthia Norman was a heck of an armed citizen story anyway. Uh, We'll be back on Monday. Going to take uh, tomorrow off. Uh, You know, I'm still mostly uh, uh, writing. We've got some new folks who have come on at BarryAndArms.com, but uh, until we get everything up to speed, uh, I'm doing a little bit more writing than I normally would. So um, in order to be able to uh, write for the weekend, uh, I'm going to skip a show tomorrow, but we'll be back on Monday with the latest Second Amendment news and information. Don't forget, you can subscribe to Town Hall Media on YouTube. That way you'll never miss a program. On Rumble, you can find us at Arms Cam & Company. And if you want the podcast, you can find us at Amazon Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher as well. Until we talk again, be well, be safe, and be free.